To me, my podcast listeners, welcome to a brand new installment of the Domovic Show. I'm your host, Professor Dom Torres, and here at my side is the one and only Dylan Gray, my good friend. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. Happy New Year, my friend. The bar is so low for this year. It can only be better, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We want to wish everyone a wonderful 2021 to all of you out there. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, folks. All who listen to our podcast. And listen, 2020, we've, it's, it's been a lot of down. Like There's been like one up, but everything else was down. And like, like you said, the bar is so low, we can only be better. And let's be better. Not, not just in, in terms of let's, get, let's hopefully get the world back to some sort of form of normal, but also you'll be better friends uh, and improve our characters, be kind to one another, and, and all of that. All of that. Uh, in his 2021 and we all want to wish you again a happy new year that's right be most excellent to each other speaking of be most excellent guys this is going to be our first of a long list of previous x reads that that we have to go up on the the one thing that's great i think about the x-men mythos is that well there's just a lot of it and granted you'll get some highs get some lows but one thing I think that's cool is when, and me as a new reader, like going back and seeing what times were like before we had Jonathan Hickman come onto the franchise and with everyone else pretty much doing their own thing. I think it's, I think it's cool for, you know, just to get reading the old stuff in general for one. And, and two, rereads are always awesome. It's cool to go back to a previous era of the X-Men, see how those characters were treated then, and see how the writers and artists dealt with all the changes that were happening with the mutant structure. So so guys, this is going to be the first episode of us literally going back in time and rereading a whole bunch of old stuff. Yes, no, I... and and. Here's the thing, too. I think it's important for us to do this, as I was saying, Dom, to you off air, because there's so many things that Hickman references, you know, and so it's kind of cool to kind of go back, read and see like, because that's part of the cherry picking that he kind of does is like what's canon, what's not canon. And this is a fun kind of thing to see, like what he's always referencing, you know. And there's a lot of stuff uh, in the books that we chose that are actually brought into regular canon. There's some that's that. There's some books that we're, we're, we're going to be reading that literally none you don't see any of those characters other than the main ones anymore, and it's it's just a fun it's a fun read. Um, this this set was a was another one. This was like <laughs> this set of books that we're about to read um, was something I tried to get Dom to read for a very very long time. Okay, I am a big X Factor fan. All right, I am a big Peter David fan, and I told him for so long, you got to read it. You got to read Peter David. You got to read him. He's like, all right. Fi- finally, I was like, okay, this is the first one we're going to cover once we finish X of Swords is, is X-Factor. And here we are. And what, what was, what, just right off the bat, what was, what was your takeaway? What was your takeaway? Did you like it? Before we get, yeah, before we delve into this, I enjoyed the set of 20 issues that we're about to cover. It's like, it's good, just good pop culture fun. It's not anything deep or... Or like, oh wow, like I have to, you know, think about it. Because when I, when I read like House of X, Powers of Ten, X-Men from, from Jonathan, it's like big brain moment. But here, I can actually breathe a little, have some fun. Because I think, again, I think we all right. need some books like that, right? 
And I think that's this part of what Peter, David, all new, all different X Factor is. Uh, it's it's just yeah, it's just good, decent pop culture fun. Yeah, because he's written. I, I believe he's written well over a hundred issues of X Factor in his career. He started off in in the late '80s, early '90s with all that kind of stuff, and then there was a huge break of X Factor for years, and then they brought it back post M Day to uh, to kind of like bring about a new kind of era. Um, and this happens post that because that was a twenty volume run right there. I forget how many issues um, that leads to this. And I was like, you know, we could we can pick and choose like different arcs in there, but I really think like the, those twenty volumes of that era really needs to be read together. So we, I decided, hey, why don't we start with all new because it's it's fun, it's its own thing, it's 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 literally has no connection. And number one reason, we got some sexy gambit action happening. We do, we do, and and the issues today that we'll be covering are all new X Factor. Issues 1 through 20, that entire run uh, from the all-new, all-different uh, branding and relaunch that Marvel had in 2015. Written by Peter David, art by Carmen Dijian Domenico, Popman, Will Sliney, and Scott Hanna. Letters by Corey Pettit, colors by Lee Luffridge and Rachel Rosenberg. Design and production by Jared K. Fletcher. Fantastic covers, if I may add, by Chris Anka and Jordan D. White and Katie Kubert on the editing. You know what? This is this is again. This is actually completely. Uh, this this has nothing to do with the insides of the story. But have you, if you look at like the covers of the issues in in the trades, because you gave the, the you gave the trades to me, <laughs> Chris Anka. I love Chris Anka art, man. Stuff is always awesome. Yes. I love those covers. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite cover artists over at Marvel. Like he always. Uh, makes me you know, I, I always spectacle at like oh wow that's clean that's cool it's it's sleek i love it yeah no totally um and you know you're we're both big fans of graphic graphic design and just the way that the covers were were just really nice and clean and i love that they put a quote from the inside of the issue on the cover and that's always a fun thing because then it's like kind of like a treasure hunt like you read it and you're like okay i can't wait to see where this coat like what where is that line gonna be what were they gonna be doing during that and that was always a fun thing i thought that i thought that was cool and again it's a, a shout out to Jared K. Fletcher for the designs, and again, like Chris Anka, again, I love his, I love his exterior work. His stuff always dazzles me, and having like the cool circle and then the number and then that quote, they're just really cool covers. Like I, w- I really want to pick up the Polaris one that that he did, and there's also one with uh, Gambit and <laughs> a naked woman in bed. I thought that was all right. That was a cool yes. cover. It's exactly what I expect from Anka. Obviously, too. it's it's a Gambit cover. Something's going to either be exploding or there's going to be a naked woman. That's always his covers. <laughs> I love Gambit. No, it's it's crazy. I I love Gambit. He's cool. I know that that some people are sort of mental. I I I always enjoy some. I mean, Le Bell. How do you? I don't. I don't know how to speak French. I'm not French. I'm not associated with anything French. Le Bell. Le Bell. Le Bell. Lebowski. Lebo. Lebo. It's the big Lebo. The big Lebowski. Oh my god. Has that been done? Has that been done? I don't think that's been done. No. <laughs> Sentinels are like, we're going to destroy you. He's like, well, you know, that's just, just your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love his just like, just sort of no care attitude. And we get this, like, I loved it in the the first issue where we do get an introduction to him. 
and he's he's going in some some weird fa some weird things to get this the statue and and he's trying to dodge all these lasers and he's like come on Remy I got this you you twist there you go here and then you and then <laughs> Wolverine just comes in and he's just like what are you doing here? <laughs> I love that yeah. introduction. He's like, you're going to strike the alarms. The alarms have been off since you've been here, bro. Like, get out of here. Like, what are you doing? He's like, you're just walking through the lasers. And that's and that's a cool thing that I think Peter David did that we really need more of in X-Men is just more inner monologues of, of Gambit, you know? And there was so much of it, especially in the, the first uh, six issues. It was hardcore from Gambit's perspective, you know, who, who, by the way, is not a main character per se in this, you know, uh, I would, I would have to say that I think Polaris is, is the main character of, of the whole book. You know, she's the leader. Uh, she's trying to, you know, work on her mental health and also bring, bring the next era of like, you know, trying to help the world without being involved with any major teams like the X-Men or the Avengers, you know, which <laughs> the Avengers try to get her involved with them, right? Oh yeah, I, I know. I it's it's insane to me because and you talk about the inner monologue. I really like it when writers focus on certain characters so we know like what they're going through. I remember I think it was Sean Gordon Murphy who's the writer and artist for Batman. Uh, White Knight, Curse of the White Knight. He said that inner monologues were overrated. We didn't need to uh, worry about. And I was like, no, like, I like it when we get to see what characters are thinking about and how they're feeling. And, and just over text pages where it's like, oh, okay, uh, even if it's something minute as, okay, I gotta, gotta dodge this laser. I don't wanna hit it. I don't wanna hit that. I think it just brings right. another, you know, like another layer to the character where you get to see what they're actually going through and feeling like and experiencing as he's doing whatever's on the pages. Yeah, and that's and that which is really important in this comic book writing in general, you know. I mean, inner monologues are really really important. All great comic book artists write from the perspective of a hero per issue. You know, some do multiple ones. Um We'll be covering Astonishing X-Men where there's an amazing scene what that actually goes into that kind of thing. But, I mean, uh, even look, look, let's reference uh, like the Green Lantern stuff. You know what I'm saying? The Jeff Johns era. You know, how many times does it always start with, my name is Hal Jordan. I'm a Green Lantern of Sector yada, yada, yada. You know, they're constantly reminded. Then you jump right into it and like, it's, 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 a, it's a good thing. It's important. You know, uh, there's no... You know, no one's really going to be sitting there and talking out loud, having full conversations while they're fighting like giant monsters or, or hordes of henchmen, you know, as much as the old ones tried to sit, do that. We're, we're, mo we're modern comics now. So it's not a, a regular thing to see that. So inner monologues, so freaking important, you know, and we want to know what's going on with our heroes, you know. <laughs> what how does Rem, what goes through what goes through Gambit's head when he's when he's doing a heist? What goes through Quicksilver's head when he's running at top speed trying to figure out everything, you know? I think it's also interesting. Like yeah, I I completely agree in the fact that yeah, we just want to see what our heroes are doing and what what they're going through. If we don't know what they're going through, what's the point of even read like we read them for the heroes. You know, I think at like the end of the day, these are characters that we obviously want to care about or are trying to care for. And yeah, just adding uh, having monologue like that, and Hickman does this well too in in X Men when Cyclops is talking about this, or Kurt is talking about like what happens when our souls die, what happened, like what where do we go, like and and 
Jean Grey talking about the brood and how how it's 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 I think I think it some some people have it have it like as a lost art form. I think of it as it's just sort of you need to look at we just want to know how our heroes are doing, man. Like it's that simple. Like I don't even need to sugarcoat it, but it's yeah, I, I love the fact that we've we literally have Gambit and, and Quicksilver and other guys at the beginning of these issues just talking about, hey, I'm this is what I'm thinking and in this certain moment. Yeah, definitely, definitely great, definitely great. What do you think of this this version of Quicksilver? Have you read much Quicksilver stuff? It's crazy because, like, again, as a newbie to Marvel, I I haven't. I mostly know, I mostly know Quicksilver from the Avengers: Age of Ultron film, where he was pretty much uh, uh, an advertisement for Adidas. Okay, that, that, that's another story there. So I haven't read much Quicksilver in my life. Like, I know he used to be... Well, he wasn't Magneto's kid. Then he was Magneto's kid with Wanda. And then he now he's not. Oh, man. No, Quicksilver is so much fun in this. I find speedsters... I usually... It's weird because I usually find speedsters as, like... Because I'm not a huge Flash fan, even though I love Mark Wade and Jeff Johns Flash. Josh has just never been... It just hasn't been my strong suit. But I like stuff like this where he isn't, like, the main focus. But... He's an addition to the team, if you know what I mean. Like here he yes. is. He's part of all new X Factor. Hell, like he's all he's running. It's it's fun stuff. I I really like Quicksilver in in this all new X Factor run. Definitely, it's 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 a very good version of him. I mean, I mean, we could sit here all day and just talk about how good Peter David is is with with these characters, you know, because he he drops in history, he drops in hard study of all the different writers that have done stuff. He doesn't come in half cocked when it comes to to writing characters, especially ones that have been around for so long. And like you said, speedsters, I'm sorry, they're they're they're. They're important for a team of superheroes, yes, but they're always just so boring. They're always they need to be part of a team. Solo stuff is not very fun. Never has been. They they tried to do a Quicksilver series in the '90s, but like most things in the '90s for comic books was hot garbage. But the art was great, so there's that. Um, you know, so it's the but but the thing I like about Quicksilver over the Flash, for instance, is. He doesn't have the speed force. His powers are literally that he can move fast. So there's no worry of, of time travel. There's no there's none of that that crazy stuff like that, which is always the big problem with all speedster stories, specifically the Flash. They it's always comes down to time travel. I mean, I know that's where it always eventually is going to go because you're moving so fast, you're going to time travel. But like, come on, like always though, always, always. You know what I did enjoy? I really enjoyed the the. The conversations he had with Havoc, one of my also one of my favorite ex, because I like again, I love the Summers family. Okay, I have to, I just have to mention that out every episode. I really like them playing billiards, eating dinner, and and talking about hey, like X Factor is now this different division of Serval Industries, and I just wanted to let you know about this and that. And <laughs> I real I just really love the exchanges between both of them and how Petro. Sometimes just gets under havoc skin, and it is hilarious. Like they're playing billiards and they're talking. I really, really love those conversations between those two. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So havoc's a dick. Okay, he doesn't want to leave his girlfriend Polaris alone. He wants to make sure she, he's quote she's quote unquote safe, but really he just wants her back on the team and wants her back in his life. So he sends Quicksilver to go spy on her, and uh, what a dick. You know, like, 
what just what an absolute dick like why would he do that to her you know and he was running i forget the name of it, but he had his own section of uh the avengers during that era the unity the unity team or whatever which i think was just like bringing people from different parts of the world together to be on the avengers something weird like that and yeah not not a fan not a fan of this stage mother havoc that was that was happening you know like let polaris live she's going through stuff she had a whole bunch of crap happen to her in space she has some serious mental health issues that she's trying to work through i mean if it wasn't for um this job is just so freaking important just to get her head back and get right and like he's just like he's just like monitoring her and like being on top of her about everything and and of course how sends the one person that she doesn't trust or that she should trust but she doesn't and she ends up finding out later she shouldn't have trusted him. anyways long story short gambit knew that he was a spy gambit knew that quicksilver was a spy like literally the first second he got there he's like you do realize he's a spy right like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it right now. And everyone's like, shut up. No, he's not. And he was right. Hashtag Gambit was right. Gambit was indeed right. I, I, I find this interesting because, man, Havoc, you just need to... He, he sometimes... And this is, this is the thing with all Summer's family members. They just need to let... To, to just lay off when, when they need to lay off. Don't try to be so over-controlly. I know that you want to be like... I, I, this this kind of reminds me of when Scott has his insecurities and just you know can't control uh, just sort of his emotions I, I see the same in here with havoc he's like no i need to make sure that you know lauren is all right even though she's technically not my girlfriend but she i kind of want her to end this and that and and just having quicksilver in and having as, him as a spy essentially right and, and gambit knowing because gambit was right i've i i, I like <laughs> I, it's it's just crazy to me like havoc would go through all of those, all of those hoops and jumps and lumps and and hills and and whatnot to ensure that everything's going all right. But you know, like Lorna's going through, like let her live, man. I just chillax, all right. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it was really toxic, really toxic of Havoc to be like that. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Um, he should do better. He should do better. I know he he he, he disguised it under this guise of like wanting worrying about her, wanting her to be good and everything. But really, they just want her back on the team. They want the magnetic. He wants his girlfriend back. He wants everything to go back to normal. But things aren't that simple, all right. Things aren't that simple, okay. It's it's not the silver age where everything goes back to normal after the end of each issue, you know. Look at the end of each issue, man. I want to say like. A lot of these cliffhangers, they they got me, they got me, uh, they got me hanging. Like like first arc, for example, like just going through and and seeing how like the team form. It's an interesting the way that the team forms too. Like we we literally have Gambit who's who's joining X Factor. Like I I like how at the beginning of the issue too, like as the team's forming, we have like we have the six unopened spots and like Polaris is there and and Gambit's there and Quicksilver's there. Like who's gonna join? And then as, like, the team forms, there'd always be that one more person onto the onto the team. It's, I don't know, I just thought it was, I don't know, that was just a minor thing. And I thought uh, that was pretty cool as far as the graphic design aspect went. Definitely, definitely. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Now, we're really burying the lead right now by not talking about danger, okay? We are. Danger. We are. The mutant robot the the 
the danger room, if you guys don't know, is is the room in which the X-Men train in at, at Xavier Manor or whatever it's called. That in what what's what's the name of the for the at the school? The at Xavier the school, you know the Xavier's gifted school for foul or Xavier's gifted school yes. for uh, gifted individuals, something like that. Yeah. That one, yes. So there's a room in there where they train. Uh, it started off with just being machines, but then as as the the series progressed, they turned into a mach- uh, AI machine that used hologra- hard light holograms to train the X Men. Well, it became sentient and became literally a mutant robot and became like an embodied version of this. And it's so danger is so freaking cool. She she's ob- she's right off the bat. She's a uh, Hardcore robot AI can put herself into different machines anytime she wants, and she can control hard lights. So she can literally make illusions come to life. You know what I mean? It's just, it's really cool. And and the way they do her character, she's just so rational and so straightforward with everything. I, I love that. I love the stuff with her and Warlock too. What'd you think of that? I know you're a Warlock fan, so. I am. I am. But before before we get into that, I want to take a quick break and talk about our amazing host, the Grand Geek Gathering, right here. We'll be right back. After these messages, guys. I like that transition. I'm not even going to lie. That was a pretty slick transition. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Alright, guys. We are back on the Domovex show. Where Dylan was just talking about our one of our fave... Or one of my new faves, uh, Danger. Before we had to... Take a quick, tiny, tiny, tiny little break to talk about, again, our, our great folks over at the Green Geek Gathering. To my podcast listeners, the Grand Geekery is the best show for all news on pop culture, as well as a diversified variety of segments, conventions, and everything nerdy. Hosted by our very own Tyler McPhail and with Lamar Harris, the show runs twice a month and is available on all platforms. Please go ahead and check it out at the Grand Geek Gathering or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I really like Danger's introduction. I'm not even gonna lie. I really like Danger's introduction uh, to this series, where uh, there, man, what? A- Can I talk about what an entrance? Like we literally have Gambit, Polaris, and and Quicksilver fighting, and and she's she's literally and 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 the, the the cool thing about her powers is that. I guess, like, the way I read it is, like, she can sort of change how the, the situation of, like, the environment they're in is, like, concerned. Like, if you know what I mean, like, the the sky is different or, like, you know, she can, she she literally adapts to, like, oh, snap, like, I can do this or I can do that. I thought that was really cool. And that fight scene in issue four was, like, yo, this, this chick can do, this girl could do a lot of, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. No, and, and that's that's the thing. Like, besides her being a supercomputer, all right, she can also just make things around her whatever she wants. She can make holograms of herself, even. She can make holograms of other people. She doesn't even need to make holograms of herself because if her body explodes, she could just upload herself before it happens and be in someplace else. You know, it's 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 really cool, and I'm really upset that we haven't seen Danger yet in the Hickman run. You know, you know what. I- we have plenty. We have so many more years of Hickman. I think 
Hopefully we can get her in sometime. But yeah, just the way she's in here, like she's got these battleships and as they're like shooting down at Gambit and Polaris and Quicksilver's like grabbing Gambit's like, no, you can't die. I, that fight scene was just so cool. Over the top explosive-y. I had a, I, I, I like, I like good fight scenes. Okay. I, I, I'm a sucker for him. And I thought that blockbuster pew 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 scene and all of this and everything exploding and happen. Yeah. That was really, really cool. And I, I like that introduction for her. She's not someone you want to mess with. You don't. You don't. And, and, um, she, it's interesting because, uh, she was always calculated, always just like, okay, I'm, I'm the robot of the team, da da da, this is my personality. But in this version, Peter David likes to kind of make her want to become more human because she's intrigued. You know, she's got curiosity about like what what's going on with these with these humans, mutants, these these uh, organic beings is probably a better thing to say. You know, um, they I, got carbon they, in they, them, Dylan. They do. They got carbon in them. They got carbon. <laughs> they're do they like what's what's up with this kissing? What's up with this with this sex stuff? What like what what what? I want to know more. I want to go out drinking. I want to I want to I want to see the world. I want I'm interested. Let's go to a Renaissance fair. Like it's like it's just so much cool stuff like that. And I really once again just speaks to Peter David's like character development, you know, and storytelling. Can I also ask you a question? And because you know you probably know much more about this than I do, so. Gamb so the way that the, like the fight scene ends is Gambit kisses Danger just just for the you know just to uh, uh, he goes up there it's like this it's the scumbag Gambit I all know and love okay like that's exactly what I expect Gambit to do <laughs> some sort of these weird situations have those two ever interacted before this or was it just like this is the first because I I want to know if there's a question out there or something like that no Warlock and Danger never met. What about Gambit and, and uh, Danger? Because oh oh right sorry let's start over. Uh, we'll cut that part. Yeah no I I believe they they might have done some little thing over the over the course, but you know with, with X Men stuff there's stuff that happens like off page all the time because there's just so much going on. So they could have met at some point and because he seemed to know a lot about her, but I can't remember specifically if they have met or done anything and if it did it would have been in passing you know i also like how gambit just like offers danger a spot to the the team where she he's like oh yeah she could join x factor and polaris is just like wait what she can join what now <laughs> i thought that that last yeah. tidbit was really hilarious like oh okay she's yeah. joining i guess sweet <laughs> And when she when she proposes to people too, when she's like, "Hey, you wanna you wanna have sex?" and then they're like, "What?" and then Polaris is like, "Wait, are you gay?" She's like, um, "No, I I feel pretty content right now." She's like, "No, I mean, I don't actually I don't know what I mean. You're a robot." <laughs> <laughs> I I like how Danger also went into uh, Gambit's room while well, because well, I I always see Gambit sleep Gambit sleeps naked all the time. I just have it as like a head cannon. Whenever he's in bed. No, that's not, that's canon canon. He is always, if he is in a bedroom, he's naked. Whether there's someone in there or not. I like how he's just in there naked. And 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 Danger just walks in. And she's like, good morning, Gambit. Is that the proper response? Is it good morning or would you prefer the hell? And he's like, I'm in bed <laughs> naked, bro. What are you doing here? 
She's like, and she's like, clothes are nothing. You're like, it's all the same to me. Well, he's like, well, it's not to me. Why? He's like, I don't know. It just is. <laughs> she's, it's just like all nonchalant. Like he just, she just walks in there like all, okay, I guess this is what we're supposed, and, and I, hey, you know what? I, I have no, I don't know. If I were Gambit, I wouldn't even know how to react there. It's just like, oh, okay. This is happening, I guess. I'm, I, I, you know what? Hilarious scene. Good job, Peter. Good, good job, Carmine, for getting the <laughs> reactions. That was hilarious. That was a great scene. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I mean, the whole, the whole thing was great. I, I, I love it. I love, I love the, the use of, of your boy, Cypher. And, and it, you know, this is basically what Cypher was before Krakoa. All right, garbage. <laughs> he just doesn't do shit. Like even like, even like the whole thing with with that girl. Um, don't tell me her name. I remember her name. Uh, Georgia, <clears throat> Georgina, right? Georgia. Georgina. Georgia. It's, it's Georgia. just Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Ju like just like he he you know, he he thinks she's cute and like she's mad at him because he was the first one that they saw she saw so she bl blamed it all on him even though it was like a team effort but and so he just and kept getting mad that she was like thank you gambit you're the best thank you quicksilver you're the best and he just hit them like why does anyone love me well now he's married so yeah you know good for cypher good for him may his first kid be an omega level mutant but yeah, like I, I'm looking at this, and like I remember the cipher scene in this too, where he has sex with Danger. Okay, good. Before that, can we talk about Warlock's introduction to the story and how he and Cipher get onto this team, just like in general? Because I think it's important to just you know at least cover it. Like you have Warlock's weird Technarch father Magus, uh, who is bad and evil. And you look at him, yeah, yes. he is bad and evil. And I like how Warlock <laughs> essentially is just like, yeah, I'm leaving, Dad. And I, I don't know, the team just struts up and leave without even, you know, a fight. And I was like, oh, all right. Interesting. I thought it was pretty cool, though. It was interesting. Well, because it was, it was a new version because uh, he's just trying to rebuild his people. He's just, he lost all, he got a virus, went back home, and then wiped out all of his people. He's... Him and Warlock are basically all that's left, so they're just trying to rebuild. And how do they rebuild? Well, they rebuild through technology, and so they come to Earth and they just start a startup. They literally just make a startup and they start going from there. And I love the scene how, because every like all day long, danger is going around telling people things that they don't want to hear, but that's the truth. And he's like, "No, you're mistaken." Like, "No, I'm not." Yeah, you are. And then finally, when Mangus there, she sees Mangus and she's like, "This is guy's not human." And they're like, what? You're mistaken. He's like, I'm tired of being mistaken. It just punches him. It's like, oh my God. It was so good. It was so good. She should she should be right though. She should be right though because she's a computer. Okay? She's got scans. She knows. She Humans are the ones that lie. She doesn't, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you got this dude who is like, why, why are you, you know, investigating me? I'm a dude. And she's like, no, you're not. And, and just literally... Punctures through that chest, you figure out that this guy is a technarching, technarch alien species, and yeah, yeah. It, it, it's oh that that scene was great. I, I I honestly also like how Cipher and Warlock reunite. Like I like it, it's interesting too because again, like I'm reading Hickman X Men, 
and I'm reading like, oh, like this is how Cypher and Warlock reunite for the first time in the Mara's Ten Lives and the restructuring of it. But this one, I I like it also because hey, like you got you got Warlock's back, Cypher's back, the two buds are back, and I don't know. I just I just like it when friends reconnect, and that that's wholesome. That's that's wholesome content to me. And yeah, I I, I really enjoyed that part of them just you know going back. Being as friendos you know, together. Something I really enjoyed. Something I really enjoyed throughout this was there was zero Scott and Jean content. I don't know if you noticed that, but there was zero Scott and Jean content. Like I didn't see them. They weren't even mentioned at all throughout the whole thing. And I oh no 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 you got the Jean Grey School bro. She, don't even Jean try Grey School because it's Xavier's dead. So now that's the Jean Grey School. I've, you're right. I'm wrong. I stand but but they weren't sir. in the book. They weren't in the book. You were right about that though. Those two yes. were not in this book, which again, like as when you think of, when I think about all new, all different X Factor, I'm not thinking about the first X Factor. I'm t- I'm t- I'm thinking like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm expecting different people. I'm not expecting A listers, S listers to be in this comic, anyways. So like, I was fully prepared for this book to not give me any Summers fam c- content at all. I get get havoc though, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's like. I know Havoc's a complete d bag in this, and I'm like, Ugh. he is. He was <laughs> he was all he was all d and bag. Like he was just such a jerk. I'm I was not a fan of him in this run at all. Well, it was a bad era just for him in general. Him being on the the Avengers was just hard. He had a lot of stuff he was dealing with, you know, space stuff, Earth stuff, uh, all the drama with the Initiative and all that kind of stuff. It was it was a hard time to be a hero. It really was. I believe that was if I yeah that was definitely post Dark Reign and and all that era. So yeah, it was it was a rough it was a rough time. Heroes were just like kind of rebuilding and being trusted again uh, by the general public, you know. But that doesn't mean that they have to spot the heroes need to be spying on each other. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you should just trust people and let people heal instead of trying to force yourself onto someone. Again, like like we talked about earlier. It's like, yeah, just just chillax, man. Take a chill pill and just don't worry. I think that's a, that's another problem that like a lot of heroes have in general. They worry too much, man. Like these guys all have superpowers. Like Lorna can freaking break anyone like 15 people's neck at once with her her magnet her, with her magnetism. Like, yeah. She'll be fine. All right? She doesn't need you to fall over yeah, fall over her from afar because you're scared and all this. Right. Exactly, egg Zachary, as they say. Um, yeah, but and you know, I really, I really liked her in a leadership role, though. Um, she had some some other old runs. She had a few things where she was in charge. It was mostly like a a Jamie situ a Jamie uh, multiple man situation, you know. Um, but uh, it, seeing her take charge, seeing her try to, you know run the team and also work on herself because that's that's the thing there there's something that wasn't said in this and we'll read it when we, when we go back and cover the whole run because that's a that's a schlep don't get me wrong but we're going to cover that all right dom like it's going to happen all right and there there was a lot of stuff that went down she literally got mad once and just lost her mind and just like ended up killing a bunch of people in a bar and that's she get, she ended up getting arrested um and that's when uh, sever, uh, uh, several energy. <clears throat> that's when Serval Industries came in and saved her, and that's oh yeah, hello. We forgot how th- to talk about how this team got 
started in the first place. How did the new X-Men come together? Or new X-Factor come together, Dom? Man, so we got this weird, old, mysterious figure, essentially, who is going on. Like, there's a lot of panels where he's like this dark, shady dude. All right, his name's Harris Snow. He is the CEO of Serval Industries, which is a big, huge corporation that deals with engines and weapons and mechanics, computers, all that alike. And they're like, hey, we're, we want to sponsor x-factor i believe that in a previous run or or this run i can't remember where it was mentioned that havoc bought the team name i i can't remember if it was this run or a previous run but that, that, that's just that's just going on my mind but anyways no jamie jamie jamie, oh, jamie jamie right yeah jamie jamie bought well jamie madrox multiple man bought the team name but yeah harris just knows like yeah you know what here's an opportunity be the leader, be awesome, be you, and go recruit. Go get some new people in That's our right. X Factor. And I think, and and this is hopefully something that I, we, I want more of in Leia Williams' X Factor in the Hickman era, where we get to see Polaris in more of a leadership role. Because she is, again, she's a very powerful woman. She She's, again, very gifted. She's, she's, she can do a whole lot of stuff to you. Uh, but I, th- I thought it was cool just seeing her in a leadership role. It was, her costume I thought was cool with the collar. I, I like collars; they're cool. Um, yeah, I thought I it was liked, a- I liked everyone's costumes. I, I really liked the sleekness, the the like you know the real like let's not go flashy, no capes, no no nothing crazy. I mean, they even at one point they even put danger in a costume. Danger in a costume was cool. I liked her stuff. I, I like Chris Anka drew it. I was like, yo, that's that's dope. Everyone's got everyone's costume was slick. Like when they went out to that presser and everyone was in uniform, I was like, "Yo, these guys, they they look ready to roll. Like, let's do it." I was like, "Yes, I want more of that." The, the costumes, yeah, the costumes were all slick with the with the cat logo with the Serval Industries logo on the top. It's just good stuff, really good stuff. I like the use of orange, and green, great costumes. I I like them. Yes, and green is good. You know, there's a lot of good uh, people out there with green. Uh, you know, you got the Hulk, for instance. Uh, now, here's something that's really interesting: Has the Hulk and Polaris have they ever been together? Like, would do? Is there some sort of fanfic out there, or hard canon where they've actually been together and worked together, or even like hooked up? You know? No, not not to my knowledge. I don't think they've. Ever, I not don't to, think you're not. Not, I, but I do not believe that Bruce Banner and Lorna Dane have ever, ever hooked up in any era of anything. Not even Old Man Logan universe. No, wait, no. In Old Man Logan universe, he hooks up with She-Hulk. That, that's right. Yep, you are correct. Yeah, they never even have. So weird. So I think weird. It, I think if they oh, were man. also together, I, I think Al Ewing would have probably made a reference to that by now in his immortal hulk run which is what you guys should be even though it's not x content you guys should be reading it anyways yeah they never have been together. definitely so good <laughs> and anyways yeah i, I yeah no, nonetheless uh, all jokes aside polaris as a leader of x factor is cool i love her she's awesome uh, and just seeing her going through stuff also still getting to lead a team 
It's pretty pretty dope stuff. I I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I think it was really that, cool. Yeah. Really that, cool for That's something I really I think is important for all kind of superhero writers because I mean there is a toll that takes this life. You know, there's there's almost there's a little bit of Stockholm syndrome that even comes with because a lot of them are just so sick of it, but they have they can't go away, they can't stop. Whether they just don't know anything else, or if 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 that's you know they they're addicted to it, or, or like you know they have no choice because they've they've caused something that makes it so they have a responsibility, you know. And, and I think that's the most important thing when writing superheroes is kind of deal with that, deal with how they how they just move through life, you know, what what's going on in their head, how like. You know, like specifically, uh, specifically Polaris, you know, she had all those serious anger issues, you know, finding out the truth about her parents and all that kind of stuff. No spoilers here. Cause I want you guys to read the original X factor run, but dude, seriously, like that's, that's where we're at. And, and that's the interesting thing, uh, that Hickman's kind of doing, because this is like a new era They they get to kind of write their own ticket now on Krakoa. They don't have to be running and hiding. They don't have to be brotherhood or X-Men. They can just chill and hang out you know and just learn and be and do them you know just do you boo that's that's the point i'm trying to make and but before all that they didn't they had to deal with all these kinds of things and um yeah polaris was was definitely having to deal with that and not only that i don't know how many times i have to say having to deal with that but um gambits gambits issues you know you want to talk about duality all right all right this guy okay he he's an X Men, he's in char- he's in X Factor now. Also, on top of that, he's the king of the thieves, you know, the chief of the thieves guild, you know, which came. That's how that was a huge part of the story, you know. Like you thought it would be a little bit more, but they kind of just they put it in the front and then they kind of just all right, we'll come back to it later and never did because the run was only eighteen issues, twenty issues, but no, just, just still in, in oh, yeah, all twenty the- issues. Sorry, twenty issues. <laughs> I I honestly like that that speaking of just heroes going through it. I, I like the way that, that Peter David dealt with Cypher has with his old PTSD and everything that's happened to him in his life, right? Like this is a guy who's died, who's got merged with Warlock, he's been here and there as a member of the New Mutants. And I also like how he referenced no more mutants. Where, and then X Factor just like comes in and he's like, "Hey, you better not be talking about my sister." <laughs> Quicksilver just comes in. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, that was. Don't that was you re- talk about my sister? We got we got issues with that. We got issues with don't don't. I'm triggered. I'm triggered. Is basically what he was saying. <laughs> I think the whole island of Krakoa also got triggered when <laughs> ever whenever the pretender gets referenced uh, in, in that. But yeah, like. You got you have heroes. You have them going through a whole lot of stuff. I do appreciate that David took a little bit of time to essentially just sort of like explore. Like, yeah, like these these people are these people have gone through so much. All right, like in fifty years, in fifty five years, I guess I should say from the publication date of X Men existing as a whole. Of course, they're gonna bring. They're, of course, they're gonna go through some stuff. Like this, this the the pain of that life does take a toll on you and yeah it's just you want to 
sort of like, yeah, I'm, I know what you're going through. I know what it's like. And, and like we've mentioned before, like you have you know, Marvel Comics, the thing I like about them is that they are, for the most part, every everyday man stories, right? Like these are dudes that yeah. we can relate to and that they're down to earth for the most part. Um, and yeah, some, someone described Marvel and DC to me as this, uh, DC is about gods trying to be men and Marvel is men trying to be gods, you know? And I think it, it totally rings true. I mean, if you take away the part where there's a literal God in the Avengers, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that is, I think that uh, at, at its core, Marvel tries to make everything relatable to everyone. You know, and that, and that's where their strong suit is. They're not very good at their genre writing, you know, like DC has over 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 the years. But they're very very good at making us relate to people. You know, I have no, I cannot relate to Batman. Not there's literally no way I can relate to Batman. There's no way I can relate to uh, Superman. There's no way I can relate to Wonder Woman. Like for multiple reasons, you know. But but just just there's nothing there to relate to there. And they try to do these little things here and there, but even with the like the hardcore good character development that Tom King brought to Batman, you, you still can't relate to the man. You know, you can feel bad for him, you can have empathy for him, but like I feel more connected to to Quicksilver. You know, he messed up and he's trying to do he's trying to do what's right. You know that that is I I can feel that. You know what I'm saying I I can relate to that. You know he's trying his best. He, he had a shitty past and now he's doing better and, and people try to bring it up, but he's like, you know, that was me. And he's, he's, that was something I thought was really cool that Peter David brought to Quicksilver this time was him just saying, I fucked up. I know I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. I fucked up. All right. And, but I'm here to do better now. I think the everyone again, like you can look at this and say, yeah, every single character, they have something inside of them that needs to improve like i know that he's not in the run but for for scott summers it's you know like not, not letting his emotions get the better of him uh for for wolverine not to let those inner demons get over like yeah he wolverine was in the run but you know albeit for a short time gambit dealing with he's like you like i know he's way past it now but you being what it means to be an x-man be a hero over being a thief and you know that past life I think it's cool that Marvel has a literal franchise for, even though they are not, you know, not like they've they've dropped a lot of the human factor. Like at the end of the day, we love these characters because you can see the humanity yes. in them. You can see where they fall. Like everyone, right? Like everyone in at some point in their lives will fall. They'll fail. You know, yep. we're all not perfect. Uh, but I, I do appreciate the the transparency on David's part of. Well, like, yeah, let's actually delve into what the toils of being a superhero is, albeit in you know a short number of issues. But I think what what we've we've had here, it's it's pretty interesting. And on top of stuff. it too, it's not just superheroes; it's a little bit of corporate stuff going on there too, you know, and love triangle stuff and issues with jealousy and all that kind of stuff that they dive into. But it was really, you know, I I I love corporate superhero stories because it it's. It's like they, they, yeah, we're here to help people, but at the same time, we got a bottom line. We got shareholders we got to talk to, okay? We got to make money here, you know? There, there's a certain uh, way about it, you know? So that's always a fun kind of uh, line to kind of toe when, when writing superhero stories is the corporate ones, you know? They did it in, um, uh, what's it called? Um, <clears throat> Checkmate, you know? Oh, no, that was government, not not 
corporation. Is there? I can't. I'm blanking right now, but I feel like there was other corporate superheroes. I just I blanking right now. What what are they? Damn it. Oh well. But you know they're they're there, right? They're there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, the corporate superhero stories. She always cool. They, you got this one tending company that's dealing with a lot of other smaller stuff and them having to deal with either the fallout of it or just like, oh, here's we got a task for you. Please do it. I find those stories intriguing. I, again, I found this one just fun to read overall. Again, it's not incredibly deep. It's not, wow, like this, all this and this, all that. Before we get into the last bits of our word with Peter David's all new X Factor... Or all new, all different X Factor, I should say. We'll take a quick little break to talk about more of what the Green Geek Gathering holds in store for all of y'all. And we'll be right back after these messages. In a world where all the largest pop figures in life are superheroes with capes, how about all the creators and characters who don't fill the spotlight as large as the others? What if I told you that there was an awesome podcast dedicated to the best creator-owned comics out there. Guys, Indie Comics is a show specified for all your indie comics needs. Self-publishers, branched-off creators, and small company powerhouses all come into play with them. Please go check out their show on the Grand Geek Gathering and all podcast platforms. That is, again, Indie Comics. All right, guys, we are back here on the Dom of X. Again, the last last final couple of words we have for this pretty fun run, pretty fine ride with on y'all different X Factor. So, all right, like, okay, I have to admit, <laughs> one of the things I found intriguing was, like, the weird love triangle between Cypher, Warlock, and Danger. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, Danger's offering, she's like, I want to know more about sexual intercourse and how that all works out and <laughs> so warlock is pretty head head and heels for for danger it's a quick like you know fall in, like it's love at first sight that sort of thing where you find out like oh snap like she's beautiful she's awesome she's kick out like she's she's got everything she, she's got the whole bag <laughs> but man like it's not i i i find it funny because warlock was like can I like do you you know do can you do you want to go out with me and then it pretty quickly delves into do you want to sleep with me and Warlock's just like already and you know they they both leave it at that and like Danger leaves and then Cipher is the one to first sleep with Danger not Warlock where it was like oh all right. That's some interesting stuff. I thought that was <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, um, I I just think it's it's hilarious that that Cipher just he can't get lucky, like whether it's just with his regular life or getting laid, the man just cannot get lucky, and that's why I was really happy when Jonathan Hickman forced him into a kind of a a relationship <laughs> and with a bad with a bad bitch too. Like let's be real, Bay is Bay, right? Absolutely, Bay is Bay. Glad that Cypher has got a pretty strong female next to him as uh, his his bride, his wife. But yeah, it's just like 
Yeah, talk about for a guy who has the the knowledge of all these different languages and can decipher stuff at you know, the snap of his fingers. Yeah, this guy is just unlucky. He's like the opposite of long shot <laughs> yeah. from Mojoverse. He That's is exactly short what shot. Is. That's who he is. <laughs> Cypher is short shot. <laughs> Speaking of, like, there's also like that one... I really okay. So the third, the tra- the third tray guys. If you if you guys do eventually read the series or have read it and just talking, you know, listening to us now, we get Axis tie-ins sort of with the third trade of of all new all different X Factor. We also got some Inhuman stuff. I I you know what I'm again I'm a sucker for family stories because I just love family stuff. Luna, uh, who is Quicksilver's daughter comes in and says hi to his to her dad and the inhumans come in and wreck and gorgon petragon is there and crystal comes in you know what i i just enjoyed their all interactions they were fun all right like let me ha- let me breathe i i just enjoyed it all right i, I thought that was cool <laughs> yeah no it was fun uh gorgon's a fun character he's got those hooves he's really fast he can he can shake the earth you know all that fun stuff um Luna, I'm not too familiar with, uh, as far as where she is and everything. It's been so long since I've read all this stuff that, like, like they're even talking about, like, the stuff that w- went on, like, where he was trying to give mutants their powers back and all that. And I believe that was also in X-Factor, but I can't, I just, I can't remember, you know? And <clears throat> it made me want to Google search some a few things, you know, just to kind of refresh myself. But... <clears throat> Um, I definitely, I definitely, definitely liked the whole thing with, with, once again, it, it talks about Quicksilver just trying to be a better person. He's like, dude, you like, you think you caught me, you grabbed me by the throat, like with your own skill? Like, no way, bro. I, I let you grab me. I let you beat me up because I deserve it. I deserve to get beat up. I'm, 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 I'm a, I've done bad things. Like I'm trying to do better. That's why I'm trying. That's why I'm here with my, my daughter trying to take her out and have a good day. You know, it's, it's just what I want, you know? And uh, oh, and by the way, uh, by the way, my baby mama, I heard, I heard you're not with your man no more. So what's up? What's good? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's just Quicksilver. I think that's just Pietro trying to be Pietro or Peter, however you want to say his name. Like I find it also cool too, because Luna Maximoff is a mutant inhuman or mutate inhuman. However, the heck, Marvel decides to deal with all these weird retcons. I have no <laughs> idea anymore. I just find that interesting. Yeah, all right, like I, I'm sick and tired. Like, can we get a straight answer, please? On the we, we have a straight answer on Wanda. I know that's for sure. She's a mutate. She's clearly not wanted right. on the island. I want some. I just want some answers with Pietro. Where is man. he? Is like, he anywhere? Right I know now? that she's is probably he anywhere in, the, in Marvel he, at all because I haven't seen him. He was. I think the. I think the last time he showed up, he was in some Empire. Avengers tie-ins, which I did not read because the only Empire I read was the X-Men tie-ins. That was X-Men 10 through 11 and then the Empire X-Men miniseries. I just... I, yeah, I want to know where he's at, alright? Like, can we get... Again, like, he, he, you know what? He'll probably show up in Hickman's run sometime sooner or later because, you know, with Jonathan, you know, the way that he's already having Wanda set up, you'd have to think that he'd right. be brought in there as well because I just, again, like... I just want some answers on Pietro. And yeah, it's like, yeah, we got this mute again, like 
I'm because I'm looking at Luna and I'm like, all right, she's a mutant inhuman, right? But at the same time, that got retcon. So did she get retcon? I have no idea. All right, like someone just please give me the answers. I I just need we some. need right. answers. You know what, Bo? Bro, I think though, if anyone's gonna give us answers, it's gonna be Hickman. He doesn't leave any like he'll turn over the stones, okay? <laughs> And then you'll be like, why'd you turn that stone over? And you're like, oh my God, there was a reason for it. There's always a reason for it. He's like, he, he's really good. He's, he's the long con, I, I like to say. He, he's, he's about big picture. He's about like, let's, let's see where this goes, you know. Uh, what, perfect example, the, the Crucible issue, you know. We, we didn't see anything else. It's been like, what, like eight, eight issues since that happened? Nine issues? And we, don't, we haven't heard anything from, from um, uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah, from Nightcrawler. It, you know? It's crazy. You know, yeah. It has nothing, again, nothing to do with all new, all different X Factor, but it's just like a thought I had because if they're going to retcon Pietro again, this is probably like, I think it's like his third time being retcon from this to that to this. I I just thought like, all right, so that means Luna isn't a mutant inhuman if Pietro was never a mutant to begin with. It, yeah, it just, okay, like my mind wanders. It's what I thought. Okay, like I, I can't, I can't help it. I, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> like Wanda also shows up <laughs> and and I was like oh okay if I guess if we have to get Pietro to uh, appear Wanda also has to appear and I was like yeah oh, talk okay. about like ugh okay. but it was important <laughs> you know they, they needed some girl t- I think Polaris needed some girl time and he need he, she needed some with her sister whether or not like she's got problems with her sister she still needed to go out and Danger was like yeah let's go out let's do this let's do this let's go you know <laughs> like let's do it. I want to go out And yeah they they went out they had a good time they got pretty fun again the action scenes in this book are pretty fun Popman does a great job of doing all the stuff but yeah like Decent fun time with with the girls, half sisters. I don't even know if they're half sisters again. Like I don't think they are half sisters as of the moment because Wanda is not currently Magneto's daughter. See, this is again. This is why I I like and hate retcons. There's some retcons that work, and then some were like, okay, so how do you correctly reference this if this never happened to begin with? Again, my mind is wandering, but that's just where I'm at right now with the Maximoffs and how crazy. And convoluted their whole entire character history is. Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Like even even in in there, they they're like, "Well, she's my sister." Like, um, he's not like my dad. He's not my dad. You're not my sister. You're my half sister, but really, you're not. It's 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 a mess. The whole Magneto family ties is a mess. Like, I don't we I don't even know the official canon on if they are even if he's even related to any of them. You know, there's there's lots of canons where he's not, you know? So yeah, guys, for now, Lorna, again, we, we covered this in the previous episode. Lorna is still Magneto's one and currently only daughter. And it's clear that the two are going to hopefully get closer and bond as Hickman's X-Men run continues on. Uh... That yeah again like just the whole Maximoff mess is they are a complete mess okay like I, I can say that <laughs> they're they're gosh retcons okay hey they sometimes again they go over my head sometimes it's like oh they work sometimes they don't but not right now I just want to know if 
and when they the two are going to be mutants again or if they're just going to be casted out forever it could be either and whatever the case i won't I, w- I won't disagree with whatever Mr. Hickman nothing. has to say. Again, this is nothing to do with David's... He's great. Ex- yeah, he's, great. I got, he's great. He's you know? great. <laughs> I am wondering if there is a reason why uh, Hickman didn't bring Peter David into the ex-office. There's got to be reason. I mean, I do know Peter David uh, personally, not like as a best friend. Like, the dude never remembers me, but I do know him. And he can be quite an old curmudgeon. Uh, it's not his fault. He's old. He's Jewish. He's from New York. It's just... It's just it all is encompassed... It all comes together to make that, you know. It does. It does. And with that, like, again, guys, I uh, I think it's going to be interesting as we continue on the run. And it was fun, 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 fun for the 1500th time reading all new, all different X-Factor. Is it a book that is going yes. to blow your mind away with the in-depth? Not really. It's it, But, for, you know, at the end of the day, this is a very fun pop, again, pop culture ebook if you want a good nice read yeah. if you you know have some decent time to kill definitely put it on your bookshelf definitely go out and buy it support your local comic store go pick up these three trades guys they are fun they they again they won't blow you away but they are fun there's good character stuff in it and it's just cool to see and it's beginner friendly too you know you're not you're not going to be hampered down by all of these oh i have to read these 16 trades yeah. before I know like you have you don't have to do that at all you can just read these three trades separate and you'll be fine with it that's I think a good that's a good part about these books is that you don't need to have an extensive knowledge of the X-Men to know it's good for pickup good for newbies good read yeah and, and don't up, shy away from from the post M day run either um M day I keep saying M day because that's what they refer to in the comics but house of M uh, because that is the, like, this was fun, but that is some hard hitting content there. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna force Dom to read it. I'm gonna force Dom to read it. He's got to, I don't care. I'm, I'm forcing it on him. All right. We're going to sit down. I will, gonna, I will read all it. All 20 volumes, we are going baby. To... We're doing the whole 20, 20 volumes, not issues. We're talking volumes. All right. He's, he's covering his face right now. Like, like a, uh, like a facepalm because he's like, oh my god! But once he starts it, he'll he won't want to stop. He he will not want. It's that good. It's that good, guys. But what are we covering next time, though? I have no idea. But regardless of what we are covering, we are going to have a lot of fun with again delving into all of these old X books. And again, as a guy who is relatively brand new to the x mythos and has a lot and a lot of reading to catch up on even though i'm only reading the current stuff right now i'm just as a newbie i'm gonna delve into this fresh mind it's it's not like oh like this old guy is talking about random and this is how no like i'm I'm going into it i'm going to all these books with a fresh mind new stuff all right like this is this is what the fun part is it's me picking apart as a brand new reader, how these books are and what I enjoy about them. And that's what we're here for. You know, I, I, I and I'm glad that I'm not an old timey X-Men reader or person because I know that people have their biases and here's, I do have my biases, but again, as a new reader, I, I just want to come into it with a fresh mind, not withheld by anything. This is why I enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed this uh, read through. Oh, well, yes. Dillon, it was so. a, it was a really nice refresher of how much I love Peter David's writing. <laughs> 
It was. I bet, I bet you it was. And we also, again, like for the last two, for the last two commercial breaks, we want to thank all of our amazing hosts, producers, everyone else over at the Grand Geek Gathering. Please go check out their stuff, guys. The podcasts, articles, everything else that like the shows—they're all awesome. Okay, just go to thegrandgeekgathering.com wherever you are right now. Stop what you're doing. Go over them right now. They're doing some great stuff. Please go check them out, guys. They are awesome. And we just again, we want to spread out the word. But again, thank you guys so much. For listening to the Domovex, as we delve back into the older X stuff, we will be covering so much more content here, uh, hopefully within the next couple of months as the reign of X continues to evolve. We will be covering again all of that once those trades come out. But until then, we got a lot of old old X stuff to cover. Uh, This is Dom Torres, Dylan Gray on the other side of this microphone. Uh, We want to wish you all again a happy new year, safe travels, wherever you may be. And we'll see you here the next time.